0: notorious pod i'm your host john bass It is another hip-hop forum episode which means i'm joined by cow and t um cow oh. cow was in the middle of uh, essentially changing um the google sheet that has all of the notes for this episode in so that the episode was going to start with it's another hip-hop forum episode which means i'm a bell um <laughs> whilst accurate would it would have been pretty harsh uh yeah. on me too, to go through that how are you boys how are you t
1: yeah good mate good Just trying to adjust to this second lockdown of sorts.
0: Yeah. Lockdown. Locky D. Locky D part two. Yeah, mate. How about you, Cal? How's things?
1: Yeah, man.
2: I'm just discovering this fucking Google Docs thing. And you was like, oh, I can see you in the document now. I was like, oh, fucking state you. I'm going to start messing with it now oh he can see me can he all right let's draw a big fucking dong in there and see what happens
0: (laughs) did you ever used to do that thing this is so fucking childish but like i used to work with this geezer me and him used to sit literally like opposite each other at our desk and we used to to send each other wind up emails like just just for shits and gigs and we used to do this thing where at the right at the bottom of an email like underneath your signature you just like press return a few times and then you change your font color to white so that when it was against the white background and you just put, your fucking fat twat, whatever. <laughs> and just send it to each other. And like, we ended up doing some fucking mad shit. Like, like basically putting a picture of like a naked geezer with his like massive dong out and then getting a shape, a square shape, putting it over the top of the picture and covering it in white, but just leaving a little bit of the top out. So you could see it be like, what the fuck's that? And he'd like moved the square and it's geezer his cock out. <laughs> Which is so rascal in an office job, someone coming around over your shoulder. Fucking children. Oh, you know, good times. Yeah. Also, have you ever done any, like, mad
1: work pranks? Have you ever got yourself in trouble with any shit like that? I've been in the receiving end of a few. Um, have you? There's a bloke who had this thing where he's, a, he's like a programmer, and he could do this thing where it would be a pop-up on your screen, said so he write a message saying, so, he did, so basically he wrote to this girl, and it looked like it was from me, saying that I fancied her. <laughs> i was like you fucking cunt that's
2: so fucking childish i love it
1: and then obviously there's the obvious ones where you leave your computer unlocked and you just put messages to people on there so my computer's always locked because of that. that's the oldest trick in the book
0: yeah fair enough i worked in an office once and it was one of these where it was like um the, all the offices that were inside that the building were like glass walled so you can you can see people walking past your office basically all the time but it was like Shared office, so there were lots of other businesses and stuff in in this thing, and we had basically we were in one of the corners, and the toilets were like in the corners of the room, so we kind of felt like this one toilet was like our toilet, and really we were the only business that ever used that toilet, and like one day someone realised that at the same time every day this one geezer from this other business would just walk past us all. And go and take the biggest, most disgusting after-lunch shit you've ever seen or smelled <laughs> or had the displeasure of being around, right? Every fucking day, this skis are going there, take the world's biggest dump. And so, eventually, we were like, that's fucking bang out of order. Like, there's one thing just going for a shit, like, in a toilet that's obviously near to our building – Uh, Near to our office. The other, the fact that he'd left the bathroom in such a horrendous state. So someone goes, well, we know what company he works for. Let's just fucking Google him. So we Googled the company and he's there as like one of the directors of this company. Now I can't remember his name, but let's, let's call him Steve, right? We basically printed off Printed off, a, like a warning sign that basically looked like um, one that the building had made, like a health and safety sign that basically said, "Like, uh, please do not use this toilet. It's been blocked." But the small print said, "Because Steve from whatever this company were called has done a massive shit." and then sellotaped it to the door (laughs) one day he walked down to go for his shit saw the side and came back proper red-faced where he like knew that we knew he was the guy who was shitting in our toilet it was fucking epic uh but it was borderline bullying which i do feel you know i look back and think that was actually pretty harsh um but, but funny nonetheless um boys talking of um talking of funny stuff um, I thought we'd we'd start the pod with some some light-hearted entertainment. So we asked, uh, I think it was, yeah, earlier this month, we basically put a tweet out that said, can we have your best rapper slash movie title puns? Um, and the example we gave is like, think think of a rapper, think of a movie title and try and basically get that rapper into that movie title. So the examples we gave was Big Pun in Little China uh, or Lil Wayne's Shop of Horrors, that type of shit. Um, so this section is called Big Puns. Um, we had quite a quite a good response to this. We had quite a few people come back and um, talk to us about this. So, I don't know if we want to just uh, if if you want me to just like run through these one kind of uh, one at a time, but I'll re- I'll read some of the best ones. So we had uh, there's only one MM on Twitter. She had some good ones. So she came with very very Dre heavy. She went for Doctor Dre of the Dead. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. Training Dre. Not too bad. Uh, Nastral born killers. It's a little bit it's a little bit tenuous a little it's a little bit there. of a reach uh, this one's quite good forest little pump <laughs> yeah I like that that's good
2: temporary
0: that's, yeah I like that it was good um American history exhibit it's also pretty it's pretty good uh, we had um m f gloom at pontification a regular listener um he is king of puns on twitter yep. he came, he came in with with a few belters so but put oh wow so, some some one's off the bat <laughs> these are fucking brilliant 10 things i hate about you god <laughs> which is definitely top tier uh ghetto boys in the hood brilliant uh troy story as in t-r-o-y um cl smooth uh p rock lil wayne's world pretty good uh, i think this might be one of my favorites stand by me goes <laughs> it's really good um any others standing out to on that list, boys?
1: Um, of his list, or generally? Just
0: generally, generally.
1: Uh, let me that. I think um, Art of Africa Bombard was was a funny one. <laughs> um, public Enemy at the Gate. Those like, are like a brilliant one. A really good response, actually. Have yeah, you that seen one, any, Cal? That one was from um, Hip Hop. Uh, the underscore Hip
0: Hop underscore or Snob. snob. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some belters from him. Any, yeah, any from you, Cal?
2: Uh I liked uh B Boy AG's E Four Year Old Virgin. That tickled me. <laughs> I
0: that. It's not not uh, the first time a four year old virgin's tickled you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and all... uh
2: Marley Marl and me from
0: Pontification was good as well. I like that. Yes, yeah, it's a good shout. Uh also special shout to Kev Crow, let the one in. Thought that was a banger. Um pretty good effort.
1: Uh Decent. what else did we get? Any others too? Um, another one for B Boy Edgy is Ms Ms <laughs> Given that Jeezy did it versus last, that's actually quite um, topical.
0: Yeah, mm. it's good effort. Uh, we had another one from TJ Underscore Twenty Three O Three District Tech Nine. Thought it was pretty pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Old Dirty Dancing from Pontification again was was good. There was there were actually loads of good ones. Uh, we also got one uh, West Side Gun Stories is is right there and. Uh, the Lacey Music went for that one. It's pretty pretty good yeah. shot. And also went for the Big Lebowski mask, which I thought was pretty funny <laughs> as well. So good effort. Uh, from time to time, we will chuck out some more big puns. So we need to think about some more categories. Um, we, did, we did Footballers before. Yeah. Uh, this one's movie. So if you've got any good categories... Um, chuck them our way like just give us a couple of good examples and we'll we'll stick them out on the pod and we'll read the best ones out like we did this week so there was
1: one I saw recently and Carl's just stabbed me but I don't care um, <laughs> there was a thread of um, office related hip hop puns yes and um, I think it's about something about fear in my methods you know the picture of method men <laughs> so, is that, so that's from that's idea? Idea? is that from the Facebook
0: group that um, do you not yeah. know who Eric Hitchmo is yeah from that one there yeah fucking banging absolutely I think I
1: said um, 36 Chambers 36 Chambers Tops <laughs> <What>?
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's Method Man to my madness so <laughs> that's you know right let's uh, let's move away before Cal just like ends this call and ends this off <laughs> permanently just like I'm never I'm never fucking coming back um <laughs> Let's talk so last episode we we touched upon uh crate 808's new series about three album runs so for those that haven't listened to the last episode or listened to those episodes essentially in their new series they're discussing who had the best three album run in 90s hip hop They've already covered uh, Tupac uh, with Andrew Barber, Ice Cube with Sean Totero. They've done De La Soul with Andrew Emery. Um, but one of the groups on the list that's going to be coming up in uh, sort of one of their new episodes is they're going to be doing a tribe called Quest with Rob Percy. So on the back of that, um, I think this was yours, T, wasn't it, that you added to our our chat, which was, is Midnight Marauders the greatest third hip-hop album of all time? I thought this was r- such a good subject. Um, you put in some of the other examples of like good third albums. So Aquemini, it's pretty, pretty fucking strong. Uh, mm-hmm. Muddy Waters, Predator, uh, Graduation, uh, Hell on Earth, uh, Marshall Mathers LP. All good third albums. So is Midnight Marauders the greatest third hip-hop album of all time? T, as this was your. Proposition. I'll let you I'll let you take the floor to start with and then Cal will um, we'll see what you think, mate. The thing
1: is I'm surrounded by two people who don't rate a Child called Quest. So um uh, I'm gonna oh, say Don't, don't I,
0: bundle th- me in with, with the office
1: denier. I <laughs> I'll, I'll call in on, on Trump denier <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think uh, Midnight Morders or Cremina are probably two of the better ones. Um, one actually thought of is probably in some of the crate eight oh eight list is um Gangstar. I don't know if Hard to Earn Cast is the third album from them. That's a pretty solid one. But for me, it's Midnight Marauders. But that came off the back of um Low End Theory, which is probably one of the best hip-hop albums of all time, and it pretty much topped that. So I think is from my personal point of view, it'll always be Midnight Marauders.
0: Yeah. Uh, Cal, any thoughts on that, mate? Uh, yeah, it was a it was a it was
2: a a tough one, you know. Um because, you know, I was kinda scrolling through apple music earlier and it's it's really hard to find like a good third album from somebody um you know the 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 easy one for me was obviously the saga continues by puff daddy that was just like the first one that just came into my head i just thought (laughs) like bad boys for life like the d he the i the d the d the Y it's diddy (laughs) like what else do you want like you think about i am by nas like that's a good album it's okay but compared to like it was written and Ilmatic, it's kind of trash. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough it's, it's a tough one, really. It's it's kind of tough to come up with with ones that really, really stand out to me. Um, yeah, Restless by Exhibit was one. He was kind of like an artist that had OK kind of his first two albums were OK. But then the third one was when he kind of really broke out. So that was one that, that popped into my head as well. Uh, I was looking at Prodigy's um, solo albums as well earlier on, but obviously h and his best work. Um, I didn't realise that Return of the Mac was like the second album we did and the third one was H&IC 2, um, unless I've got my orders wrong. So, yeah, it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough. And then you've got, you know, the, self, the self-titled R. Kelly album, which is up there as
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you throw Gary Glitter in there as well while you're out of fucking hell. Um, <laughs> the Lost Prophets, <laughs> mate. Put them in there. <laughs> yeah, the fucking... The nonce Trilogy. Fucking... Yeah. Jesus Christ. The um,
1: third albums <laughs> are tough. One. I did have a valid point in amongst all that. That um, Third albums are quite difficult. You've got um, Kendrick Lamar of Dam, probably my least favourite album of his. Um, Anderson Park did Oxnard. That wasn't as great as the previous ones either. Um... You got Kanye West graduation, you know, another another good example there of falling off at the third nah, hurdle.
0: You're trash. No, no, absolute lies. Absolute lies. We should like full full disclosure. That this this section also had a slightly different uh lens on it because we were talking about um Kanye's my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, or the fuck it's called. Uh and basically Carol T were talking about how great what great an album it is, and I, I kind of basically I don't like it very much. I think there's some like there's some good tracks on there. I really really like "Devil in a New Dress" and "Blame Game." Those two like I really rate that. But I think that the whole album, I just, I just never got into it. I'm not going to say it's a bad album. I just never got into it, and I kind of lost interest with with Kanye and and with kind of what was happening in hip hop around that time as well. So it's always just for me just been like a flag of like that that era for me. Um, but I didn't realize that people didn't like "Graduation." I just thought it's like well everyone likes all of it. Or there's like certain albums they don't like, but that there's actually some hate towards the album. So I kind of, by proxy, made you boys re-listen to Graduation. <laughs> so and now you've done that. Um, where, where do you?
1: How do you rate it now, based on on re-listening to it? T.
0: It's, it's
1: beneath um, a beautiful dark twisted fantasy, but well, it's not as terrible as I remembered it. But um, I don't know. It felt like he was always self-indulgent. I mean, there's a lot said about. With 808s and with Jesus, but, you know, with late registration you had the orchestra there there's little indications of, you know, self indulgence coming in. And I think eight oh eights and graduation was around a period where his mum died. So some of his music was a bit wayward. But I think with graduation he had um I think Can't Time Me Nothing was of the first song I heard of it and I thought, yeah, this is this is gonna be a really good album and the subsequent singles were you know, a bit kind of don't want to say the word commercial, but the kind of that kind of sound. You had um Stronger, which is you know, dark Punk, you had Good Life, which was PYT, Michael Jackson, very obvious samples, songs that we all knew. And you compare that to can with Nothing, it's just a bit it's a bit of an anti-climax for me. Um but it's not a shit album. It's just um I just don't think it's one of the um, albums of Kanye that I think of that I remember fondly. Yeah, fair. How, how about you, Carl?
2: Yeah. I remember, I remember, um, when did that come out? 2007. I remember quite liking it at the time. Um, uh, and then I remember, you know, kind of revisiting it some years later and thinking, Oh, I don't like this anymore. And I think for me, it's just one of those albums that's just, it's not aged. Well, um, it just hasn't really aged well for me. And I, did this thing the other day where i just started starring the tracks and going oh that's a two hour five that's a one out of five that's a like strong guy fucking hated that yeah, um insane. barry bonds was cool um but I, everything was just kind of near and it was just kind of middle of the road and for me this album was like the it was his third album but the first two seemed to have some sort of theme to them there seemed to be something going on throughout of it and i didn't really get that from this it just seemed to be his first kind of I think what what T says is right. It was almost like a pop album. There wasn't really any sort of theme to it. It was just kind of a load of kind of songs thrown together. Um, So I didn't... For me, it's just not aged well.
0: Yeah, I think that's, again, like... Fair comments can't really argue with that, and and kind of on on that same note, one of the things I I definitely noticed re listening to because I haven't listened to it for ages, right? So sometimes you you hold things in your mind from the the moment when you enjoyed them, and actually like you can completely change your view once you go back. It was that Kanye made his name off the the like quote unquote like soul beats, right? Souls pitched up samples and like finding kind of like quite cool gospel and soul samples to use. Mm -hmm. And even though some of the ones he'd used before were fairly well-known samples, he really did like flip them in a way that like made them interesting. I think this album was kind of the end of that era because they were becoming so fucking obvious. Like, and it was a very formulaic sampling process that just got pretty shit pretty quick. I still enjoyed them at the time. But looking back on it, I think you're absolutely right in terms of the way that they don't age well. Like they are very formulaic in, this, in the way that they are, the tracks are sampled and stuff like that. That being said, like um, Barry Bonds, Flashing Lights, uh, Can't Tell Me Nothing. I liked all of those tracks at the time and listening back to them, I'm like these are still very, very good. Um, but the, the low points are very, very bad. Um, stronger is fucking horrendous. Hate it at the time, hate it even more now um there, there's some other awful moments on the album as well but yeah there we go but so third albums are tough i'd say out of the list that we've got so midnight marauders Aquemini, those two are the standout from that list but like mm. i love hell on earth but i understand it's not the same level as those two in terms of the, the pantheon so unless someone's got a better list or a better suggestion i'm sort of i'm all right with that midnight marauders as there's the best third album of all time so t i think you might have i think you might have convinced us mate there you go bang all right well look. let's take a quick break before we come back to what we originally wanted to call the street report but what we've suddenly realized is that uh, an episode of hip hop forum would not be complete without griselda um so we've sort of just going to call it griselda news um from now on with with other assorted stories um so we're gonna have a quick break and then we're going to get into this griselda shit we wanted to call this section the street report but when we put it together we wanted to be like topical news stories about what was going on in hip-hop um And then when we were putting the run in order together, the first story was um about someone from Griselda. And I genuinely don't think we've ever gone through an episode uh, since we started but Forum where we haven't mentioned um Griselda, even to the point where we, we were talking about Big Ghost, um and we, we still thought it was to do with Griselda um by yeah. him the founder. Um because it's of the about a year
1: ago today. Yeah,
0: exactly. So you know, we, we've, just, we've just succumbed to it. Um, so we're, gonna, we're always going to have the street report, but it's also going to be called um, Street Report, a.k.a. Griselda News. And no matter what is happening in the world of Griselda, we will give you one story um, Griselda-related uh, every week. So let, let's start with an actual story, pretty big news. Um, Benny the Butcher shot in the leg. Um, Cal, we stuck this immediately into the Hip Hop Forum um, chat pretty shocking news mate how did you what would you what did you think about the whole scenario i uh, i think the first thing
2: i thought was it, thank, you know frankly it was only the leg you know he yeah. only got shot in the leg and it wasn't anything you know uh you know kind of too too bad and get shot in the fucking head or anything like that and this, it seems to be a thing right now you know um rappers seem to be getting shot more and more regularly now um it, it did kind of make me think of The Sopranos when when uh, Bobby Bacalar shoots the rapper in the back of the leg so he can get street cred. But I don't think Benny the Butcher really needed that. Um, it also made me think of the boxing the boxing saying he fell on his leg um, because yeah, it was just uh, he just kind of fell on his leg after he got shot. Um, it's yeah, it's sad. It's sad, and it does seem to become like more and more like dangerous these days to be a rapper now they just seem to be getting shot left and right um half of the guys that are getting shot i've never heard of but it's still really fucking dangerous out there right now so glad it was only leg glad he's out of hospital glad he's doing well
0: yeah i mean one of the things that i took from this story i don't know what you boys think is that you know yes it is getting more dangerous but I'll tell you one thing that you, you that you cannot put a price on. A good assassin. Because I'll tell you what, these these mans out here shooting up people are fucking shit. If this was the 90s, mate, <laughs> fucking whole of Griselda would have gone. It'd, they'd, they'd have all been dead. But shooting him in the leg, like, you know, the kids these days, basically, is what I'm getting at. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. There's, there's not nearly enough was, deaths like, in hip-hop. Do you think it was a Bobby Bacalar thing from the
2: Sopranos, where he's paid someone to just give him one in their legs and looks, <laughs> make him look tough?
0: If, if he has, I don't think it's like massively worse because <laughs> like the image of him just on like the gurney or whatever it is, just like chilling out, it's not exactly like fucking gangster, is it? It's just a little bit. It's like, not Fifty Cent, is it? It's a minor inconvenience, is my point, yeah. Cal. Um, yeah, so, what did true. you what did you think
1: about the whole thing, mate? I mean, it's the third third shooting in the month. I probably missed a couple. Um, Boozy badass also got shot in the leg, and it was rumored he was going to lose the leg. Um, actually, he's not going to lose the leg now. So that's that's a relief, but yeah, it's dangerous out there, man. Um, but yeah, I don't think Benny the Butcher need, needs that publicity. You know, he walks around with a lot of bling, um, Benny the Butcher. So they're trying to—it's probably just a botched robbery, really. But no, it was one of those where um, it did affect me when I heard he'd been shot because you, know, you kind of get a bit—you you, kind of get a bit of a bond with, with rappers, especially when they're putting out. As much good music as Benny The Butcher, which is probably one of the best rappers of the last, well, for me, last 10, 15 years. You know, he's in that kind of musical, even though he's not young, but, um, you know, Gibbs, Rock Marciano, you know, people like that. So, you know, my concern was, look, you know, I hope he's okay. Um, thankfully, he is. But, yeah, man, America's fucking nuts. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic and people are still getting shot for fuck's sake. Yeah, it's, it is
0: mental. Like, all jokes aside about that
1: the the poor performance of these
0: assassins it is a very worrying trend we, we went a long time in hip-hop without this level of like violence like really kind of like perforating especially like top tier rappers like the, the bennies of this world were kind of like out of that life and you know wasn't wasn't happening as much and like we've seen like like pop smoke obviously getting killed um and now we're seeing like a spate of of shootings and stuff like that it is a worrying trend like it is a worrying trend kind of socially in in the states but also um like the violence in in hip-hop is like we know that it's a thing like it's part of hip-hop culture is this like braggadocious violent like alpha male type environment but we've kind of managed to get that through the art and now it's it is seeping back to what it was like in the 90s where acts of violence were happening quite regularly it's it's quite a worrying trend i'd i'd say yeah um and there's such yeah. young men as well you've got like mo yeah. there's like
2: I, again i don't know mo Free, i don't know king von um but they're both dead and they're both in their mid 20s like it's, it's just, tragic yeah. yeah and then you've got pop smoke Nipsey hustle a couple of years ago yeah. that what didn't seen that sure. long ago now and a lot of rappers as well are dying from like kind of drug overdoses and things like that you've got uh, Mac Miller uh, as well that died that didn't seem that long ago when was that a year or two ago like it yeah. just seems like it does seem like a, you know there was that tweet about how it's the most dangerous job in the world now to be a rapper and there's this you know there's some it's you know it's 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 slightly slightly hyperbolic, but you know it's 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 hard it's dangerous out there now, you know people are desperate and I, I think these guys come from they come from the environment from a lot of the time they come from the hood and they're, they're coming from places where people are most desperate and then suddenly they
0: have everything and yeah. the people the people that they left behind sometimes will feel some kind of way about that yeah a lot of jealousy a lot of envy and that can lead to a lot of uh, a lot of dangerous situations so yeah crazy yeah. um all right well let the yeah so obviously hope that the the violence comes to an end that people can kind of move on uh and benny the butcher makes a recovery and, and everyone else has been caught up in this in this bullshit violence um Westside Gun, so we'll carry on the Griselda thing, why not? Westside Gun leaves uh, Shady Records. I think this has been on the cards for a little while, hasn't it? Any, any particular yeah. feelings, uh, T, from you on this?
1: Uh, as I said, it's on the cards. Lots of um, you know, sneak disses from Westside Gun and, Gris- and the Griselda guys in general. So, yeah, and I think Westside Gun is going to call it a day soon, anyway, after this year. So, yeah, no real, no, not a big story in itself. Cal?
2: Yeah, the tea kind of t- the words from out of my mouth. Really, it's uh, it seemed like a relationship that wasn't great. Like I imagine they got something from it. They got the exposure of being with Eminem, and it's uh, it's surprising because you know we've all spoken about Eminem at length, and we we don't you know he's he's we don't really love his mo- you know his current music, but he still sells a ridiculous number of records. He is still the one of the top selling rappers in the world. And so they would have benefited West side gun and the whole of Griselda would have benefited from being with him like it or not, whether the, whether the relationship was perfect or not, they would have benefited in some way. Obviously Conway did the track with Eminem mm-hmm. uh, and Westside side gun was on, on the remix as well. And you know, they would have benefited in that way, but they there was clearly an issue. And Westside Gunn is a is a is a boss. He he has a he's a natural leader, and I think he's not designed to be working for somebody else or to be working for a Paul Rosenberg and Eminem. He's designed to be doing his own
0: thing, and so best of luck, best of luck to him doing doing whatever that is. Yeah, it's a good shout. I think the weirdest thing for me about this whole like Eminem scenario is that he obviously is really passionate about the culture and about the music still which is why these people get deals and why Mm. he's like looking to to do stuff with what i would class as like real rappers Mm. but he also seems to be like blackballing them not not to the extent where like they can't put anything out but to the point where like slaughterhouse should have been much and had much more exposure and done much more than they did because they would have done amazingly so it's maybe that's kind of disproves what i'm trying to say but mm-hmm. i just find it weird that he like he obviously recognizes these talents and he's like aware of them but everyone that signs to shady just complains that they're not they're not getting what they thought they were going to get and i find that really weird and i guess that's maybe Eminem's the guys like these guys, these, this is who we need to sign. And then the business people fuck it up because mm. I don't think it's him because otherwise they wouldn't sign these people. Mm. Um, and, and again, a story for another day in terms of how that, that record label is set up. But that's interesting. Okay, let's move on to uh, Tenuous Link, an album that uh, Eminem was on. Uh, Black Album. Let's talk about uh, Turn 17 this month. Mm. Uh, Cal, I'm going to start with you, mate, because we, we spoke about this album in one of our um, album Deep dives. I think it was the second time I was on, I think. I think it so. We did What Get Rich, Die, Try in was the first episode we did together, right? And yes, then it Black was. Al- and, then and then we did Black Album. And
2: then, yeah, like you know like get rich or die trying I, I heard that that this one did what like 2.1 million listens in a week like the black <laughs> album episode we did yeah something like that i'm channeling, channeling my my inner donald trump and i'm just gonna exaggerate <laughs> absolutely everything yeah. So like, we, yeah we stopped
0: we stopped the counter at a few thousand but yeah yeah you, you won by a lot yeah we did. a lot a whole lot hell of a lot um yeah, I mean, it was it was an album uh, that we spoke about in detail. It's an album that obviously you've got a lot of time for. I do as well. Um, seventeen. It's mad that it's seventeen years old. First and foremost. Mm. Um, just very quickly, I know um, that we obviously did a whole episode, so go and check it out if you haven't listened to it. Go back through, listen to the Black Album episode. But what are your like general feelings? Why should people go and listen to this album if they've never listened to it before, mate? Um I think it's probably the most
2: accessible of Jay Z's albums. I think it's you know, you've got you've got reasonable doubt, which most people would agree is his best album. But I think, you know, the, the black album is probably the most accessible because it has, you know, it has songs like Change Clothes on it. If you like Eminem's production for whatever sick reason, then you have yeah, you have moment of clarity. You have yeah. 99, Pro- ninety-nine problems. Ninety nine problems became like a a pop culture saying like know yeah. problems, but a bitch ain't one. It just became this kind of pop culture thing. So I would say it's probably his most accessible album. And there's some really, really good songs on there. And I think you have to listen to it with your, with the, with kind of the viewpoint of this was supposed to be his retirement album, yeah. because that was how we all listened to it at the time. Is like, Oh my God, this is the last one. And if you listen to it with that mindset, it's great. Um, if you listen to it knowing that he made three or four more albums afterwards, then it kind of loses its luster a bit.
0: But it's still a great album. Yeah, good shout. T, anything to add to that, mate? Any feelings on the Black album?
1: Not a great deal, because when it came out, I didn't even listen to it. Um, <laughs> I was, and I'm was not even joking, actually, I didn't listen to it at the time. I listened to it many years later. And um, yeah, it's, it's in the top three of his albums, uh, The Blueprint and Reasonable Doubt. So, yeah, no, it's definitely a very, very important album in the pantheon of hip hop. (laughs) Um, Another album that had an anniversary was Doggy Star this month. Who is it? Doggy Star turned 27 this month. And, um, you know, we've spoken about Snoop Dogg doing the Dusty adverts and he's now an Uncle Snoop and that. But um, the album at the time was fucking immense.
0: Yeah, it's a good chat. I mean, what what is really freaking me out at the minute is like every week there's like oh this album's 23rd anniversary yeah. or and it's just like fucking hell like these are a lot of these albums like i don't i just cannot understand like it doesn't compute that they're that old i mean yeah. mainly because i still listen to most of those albums on the regular and don't listen to anything new mm. that they <laughs> they all they just seem new to me all the time um but it's it's interesting um yeah i, I some stage we should probably do like a proper like Uh, lay out almost like a calendar of these albums and these anniversaries and like properly go into a bit more detail on some of these because there's so much to talk about on Doggy Style alone um, that it makes sense. Um, Let's talk about, and I I don't think that Doggy Style ever won a Grammy, but let's talk about Grammy nominations. Uh, Let's talk about Rap Album of the Year, our Best Rap Album at the Grammys. Um, Shall I tell you the nominations? So we've got Black Habits by D-Smoke, Cal's favourite. Alfredo. Uh, Freddie Gibson, The Alchemist, A Written Testimony, Jay Electronica, King's Disease, NARS, uh, and The Allegory Royst by Royce Fire Nine. It's quite a good list, isn't it? It's quite strong, quite a strong list this year, um, but also some interesting choices. Uh, albums that are fairly underwhelming, but have that have a big story, like Jay Electronica's albums, a big story. Didn't love the album. Fairly underwhelming, and the reception was fairly lukewarm. I think that's fair to say. King's Disease by Nas, kind of similar thing. It's like big story, a lot of excitement. It was all right. <laughs> like it was yeah. cool uh, to me, and I'll get. I'd love to get your boys' input on this. There is a, there is a clear winner on this list of albums, and I don't actually like the album, but I think it's the best on this list. Um, T talk to me. What, what are you saying about this uh, about this this list of albums?
1: I think our Fredo is definitely my favourite album on that list by, by quite a distance. um to Five Nine, I think it's a bit like with Griselda, years later you might, you know, you'll listen back to the albums and probably get it more. And I mean, with Griselda it's more the volume with, with um, Royce. It's just, his albums are so thick and deep to get into. It can be a bit can be a bit of a tough listen, but... Now, for me, Gibbs is a clear winner of that one. Um, to second year in a row, he's another shout for album of the year, and Alfredo is definitely that album. The, the list is a bit surprising. I'm surprised that J-Electronica and to 5-9 are on that list because it's yeah. quite, you know, um, ho-teppy, for want of a better term, albums. <laughs> yeah. I would have thought it'd be something a bit more mainstream, but Drake's not done an album, Kendrick's not done an album, so I guess they're kind of reaching for something a bit more underground of this list.
0: Yeah, but Black Rob will have to wait
1: till next year to uh, to get on the list. Yeah, he's, he's very unlucky, is man. Very unlucky. He's like sheer not winning the FA Cup.
2: <laughs> I, I heard that the Grammys just send him an award every year, Black Rob, just for being Black Rob. Like, best
0: artist like, of all time. Best Black artist Rob.
2: Of all time. he just gets one every year. Do you know what? I look at this list and I I, I you know, full disclosure, I don't know a lot about D Smoke. Um mm. but um that looks like five proper lyricists. On that yeah. list, you'd say, wouldn't you? And it's like T said, there's a, there's no commercial guy. There's no Macklemore, you know. I remember Macklemore won it one year, didn't he, and over Kendrick, yeah. which was yeah. fucked up. Um, there is no Macklemore there. It's five pretty respected again don't know nothing about d smoke but five pretty respected rappers there really agree with t freddie gibbs wins for me i liked the J electronica album and i actually quite like the Nas album as well i yeah you know i could i could go back and listen to that that's going to be on my i think that's probably going to creep onto my top 10 list this year i actually really quite liked the nars album um i'm stunned that the the, the royce album is on that to be honest because it went completely over my head and even though and that's fine Things things go over our heads all the time because there's so much music coming out. But it, I just don't remember any real buzz about it. I don't remember any kind of yeah, any buzz, any anyone talking about it at all. So I'm stunned at that. But congrats to him anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean it does it does seem. I think you boys nailed it by the way. I think it does seem like it's the year for lyricists, and so so as a result of that, they kind of felt like this. You know, sometimes. Like, um a person wins, like, an award because they haven't won it when they should have won it. And so they just go, oh, fuck it. Like, you're in the mix. It feels a little bit like that to me because I feel like uh, Book of Ryan by Royce is a, is a much better album than this one. 100%. Um And so it just feels a bit weird that it's like... So it feels like they've gone, well, we've done a lot of, like... You know, lyricists like high-end lyrical prowess type rappers. Let's put Royce in as well because it fits in what we're trying to achieve this year. Um, I don't love the album, but out of those albums that I've listened to, again I haven't listened to the D Smoke album. Alfredo is the best, is the most solid album of those. It's it has a tone and a theme and a feel that is really consistent across the album without being like boring um like i said i don't love freddie gibbs as a rapper but i really respect him and i don't love alchemist production on this album but again i think what he's tried what they've tried to do is really interesting and they have delivered it just what they've delivered just isn't to my taste but i really fucking appreciate it um so i i think it's quite an obvious choice actually looking at the others if it doesn't win it will be fucking berserk but there we go we we shall see Club bangers. I'm just going to start with that club bangers. Now I found this a very hard subject because there are songs that you will actually hear in a club mm. that are bangers versus a song that I want to hear in a club that bangs. And they're two very separate things. And I made a list of the latter, which is like, I, I think in my lifetime, the, the three songs that come to mind that I think make it fucking go off. I've heard them a handful of times in an actual club. Um, and, and I guess the difficulty with like hip-hop club bangers is that they, they will typically be the more pop-influenced like influenced tunes. Yeah. So I'm interested in what you boys came to the mix with because I was thinking along the lines of like Simon Says by Farrah Monch. When that comes on, it fucking goes off, right? But a lot of places will never play that. So I don't, I've never, like, I don't really hear it in a club that much as opposed to like a hip-hop night specifically. Right or like a, like the DJ before a gig, like that's when I'll hear it. Now, is that a club banger or is Lean Back by Terror Squad a a club banger? Because that you hear all I heard for fucking two years relentlessly every Saturday night. So I was stuck because I was like Simon Says Ferrumunch, Hip Hop Dead Press, bang them two of the best in my opinion, like two of the best hip hop bangers out there. But actually, they don't really get paid that much. And so Ghetto by Jay-Z as well, personal favourite. But then I was like, I fucked this, because this is actually not really the question, which is like, what are the best club bangers? So I'm interested if I fucked this and, and what you boys had on your list. So T, talk to me about club bangers.
1: I think you're showing your age a bit, John, in the <laughs> sense that um, when these songs are out, right, you weren't in the club. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I it's heard true. Simon says... An awful lot in clubs <laughs> at that time. Um, the songs that sprung to mind for me are, you know, Norrie, Nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Norrie again, again, Super Thug. Yeah, um, I guess Jay Z, Big Pimpin' would be one. That's one that kind of gets the clubs going. Um, Gin and Juice, Snoop Dogg. That's one. Um, I guess Got Still Dre by Dre. Um, nothing But a G Thing. I guess it gets club going um loads of red men actually i think time for some action by red men was one that i did hear a lot uh epmd headbanger scenario trap called quest was one uh gangstar dwick and probably um the reminisce over you and um, Rock, these are songs i've all heard in hip-hop clubs heard live and then they've all the you know, place has always gone off so that's probably my off the top of the head Go on, Carl.
0: on me.
2: Yeah, I, I think I understand your confusion, John. I can understand why the, the, the topic kind of confused you. For me, yeah, it's something you can play in a club, not something you would play at the start of a gig. But I get, I get why you thought that, because when you're at the start of a gig, that is when, before the actual gig, it's like that's when the bangers get played, isn't it? That yeah. kind of thing. Um, <sighs> people are going to hate me, but Benjamin's.
1: Like, no, no, that's a good shot to be fair
2: like i think it's probably puffy's greatest achievement is benjamin's like it's ju- uh, and he says it all the time whenever he does an interview he goes they still play benjamin's in the club now it's just one of those all-time kind of classic club banger records kind of thing um yeah and it makes <sighs> me think of when he did the re- when he did the reunion tour and he was doing it with little kim and, that, and then he fell through the stage <laughs> <laughs> um i just want to love you by jay-z that was kind of like yeah, girl, kind of breaking out that's moment, a good I shout think. to be fair i feel like that was kind of like and then um front in is one of your favorites t isn't it
1: um one of the best songs since 2000 yeah that genre
2: yeah that's actually the, one of my ring on my phone um I like to give everybody a ring. T- everybody in my, on my phone has a different has a different ringtone. But no one um, calls you, son. I know like, no one calls me like, except for you, like three times a day. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, it was uh, Benjamin's "I Just Want to Love You" and "The Rock Wilder" by Meth and Red. I Shout. I think that's uh, I think that's a big big club tune, and I think that might have been I think that. Uh, when I think about the club bangers, I think about like the movies, like kind of like the hip hop movies that we would watch, and there would be a club scene, and then they would play certain songs. And I think I think it might have been Save the Last Dance. I don't know if you remember that film, uh, uh-huh. where like Julia Stiles plays the white suburban girl, and she moves to the hood and she learns to dance like the locals. It's <laughs> fucking cringe as fuck, but uh, they played the Rockwilder in that, and it's like oh, okay, yeah, that bangs. So yeah, those those are the ones that kind of that kind of you know stood out to me.
1: Really, it was pretty good. Protect yeah. tech is another one. Um... I remember being in, um, I just remember when the Jizz's verse would come on, everyone would just be rapping that verse. You know, me and all my mates, pretty much everyone in the, on the dance floor would be rapping along to that. Um, and as I said, I mean, I said scenario earlier on, but the Buster Rams verse, when that would come on in the clubs, man, fuck me. Mm-hmm. You know, powerful impact, boom, go to cannon. And Buster Rams <laughs> himself has got loads. You've got. Um, yeah, Woo Got you all in check, put your hands in what eyes can see. Breaking your, um,
0: Break your Yeah,
1: big. It's so, loads. You got any more, John?
0: Um, so I was just having a look because now, now I've got the reference point, right? Uh, f- when I used to go out a lot and you were in essentially like clubs in loot and like liquid fucking horror show clubs, they would still play these tunes. So like you have to take in con- consideration that they'd also play some like, you know, just house and some random shit. Um, the next episode, Dre, like yeah. that, that tune used to get fucking rinsed everywhere. Candy Shop. 50 cent in the club 50 cent was always everywhere my money more problems yeah like every fucking where would play that yeah get your freak on missy absolute fucking banger uh what else do we have i mean anything by the neptunes in that era from when they basically started working with nori and they did the diddy tracks and then they started working with like jay-z that era of the neptunes where they were on like fucking every radio station everywhere in the world mm-hmm. most of the stuff they were doing for rappers was fucking hench i mean like the stuff they were doing for talking of like noncy rapey guys mr <laughs> cow um you know that like just fucking solid bangers the noray uh stuff they were doing was just again like solid bangers mm-hmm. jigger like, everything they were touching was was massive and was very club friendly and very like this is a track you play if you want like if you want to hit kind of hit some uh like top top notch level of bangerness in a club.
1: So yeah. I just remembered one um only you remix by one twelve and biggie. Big tune. Great shout.
2: Big like like Puffy before like Pharrell had his run, Puffy had his run. And like for there sure. was no like him and the the hitmen, they just I was just going through my, you know, my my bad boy kind of playlist and it's just that's what they were known for, isn't it? It was all about they said it themselves. They weren't interested in being tough guys. It was just about making people dance. Yeah. Fucking feel so good by mace. Like there's
0: just, Bang. S- yeah.
2: just, it's just club just choose to play in the club. And
0: it can't, you see it.
1: total. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hi- hypnotize, so many- hypnotize biggies. Yeah. Fucking yeah.
1: hate it. song. like, it was a banger. I know. I still hate
0: it, but it's a banger. It's yeah. one of those ones that non-hip hop fans like. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, just it a is. simple, a simple win. Like we were talking about 99 problems. Uh, Jay-Z earlier, like dirt off your shoulder, just so irritating so quickly. But fucking non-hip hop fans just l- like lap it up. It's just very of that kind of sound that people like. And again, like Kanye, load loads of like Kanye records that were like big is early, like first couple of albums had that that level of like uh pop friendliness that still hit quite hard. Um and stuff he produced for other people as well. Um What's that ludicrous uh I mean ludicrous had a load of load of bangers, but um yeah. Stand Up, that was Kanye. Yeah. That, that is a fucking banger. If you play that in a club, <laughs> that used to go off. So stuff like that. And and all jokes aside, Terra Squad Lean Back was a big tune. Like that It did, was a big did, tune. You know, it's just that that run up into it that it's just like you knew it was coming. Um, yeah. So there we go. That that was your um now now we've clarified it, that was your club bangers. So um good list. So yes, feel free to tweet us your best club bangers that notorious pod um just very quickly before we get into the questions i haven't got any example so i'm going to leave this to to you two best double disc albums discuss cow talk to me shoot you're fucking
2: yeah i i think it was kind of my topic wasn't it i said we should probably talk about double disc albums at some point chaps and then do no research into it at all um i think (laughs) yes well you know yeah leave us some more reviews you don't do any research Oh God! Decent, Morris traps. Um Life after death is the is the kind of the the first one that comes to mind. Obviously, got Blueprint two as well, but Blueprint two for me, it could have been shrunk down to a you know kind of could have been shrunk down to a single disc, really. I think Life after death is the best one. Outcast, obviously, they did theirs, didn't it? But it was kind of two solo albums, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, they kind of took took the kind of like the the lead on on. Um, on their own kind of sides of the project. But technically, you know, it's a double album. I think what kind of spurred this conversation was all eyes on me. And I never, I didn't realize until Suge said it, and I didn't believe it because Suge said it, but he said it was the first rap double album, um, which I didn't know, but he said it. And then I started thinking, no, he can't be right. That's Suge. He doesn't say things that are right. He's a prick. And it turns out he was actually right. It was kind of the first double disc rap album. And it was a big one. it was a big one, but those are the ones that kind of stand out to me as you know, all eyes on me, life after death, big. The outcast ones, strangely, um, considering what I said about them on, the, on the last pod, on, the, on the last podcast, um, but it was trash, but you know,
0: they had a go. <laughs> <laughs> Speaker box and love below. That's that was. double
1: album too. Um, double disc albums and sequel albums. Need to go in the bin. Hip-Hop 101, dustbin. <laughs> oh, no, need for, no need for them. No need for them at all. Um, best double album was the White Album by the Beatles. Oh, that's, that's the energy I bring into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, in all seriousness, I mean it's hard to look beyond um, life after death, really. But I don't think anyone wants an album that long. Uh, you know, an album I referred to um, a couple of episodes ago was... Miles by Blue and Exile that's 95 minutes long and I've probably listened to it once and I've not listened to it again and it's a perfectly good album I just and it's probably it's, it's more of a me issue than a them issue but I don't have mm. time to listen to listen to an album that long it just seems a bit a bit self-indulgent and the what we tend to say is that if they made a double album a single album would have been a lot better and that seems to be the case of almost every double album ever made
2: yeah Fair. I think Big thing, I think Big, I think Life After Death is like the only one that I could think of that is like, do you know what, it, you couldn't, you would. There's obviously a bit of fat that you could cut off, but it, you could still make a decent-sized, you know, double album out of out of that. Really, And I'm actually stunned that Snoop Dogg hasn't made a double album. You think of all the projects that he's made, he's made like fucking 20 albums and like a zillion
1: mixtapes, and he's never made a double album. I'm quite surprised by that. Nas been a double album, didn't he? Was it um was it? I I forget the title of the album, Street's Disciple or something. That sounds right. No, I just yeah. to, to, to find out now that doesn't sound right it's
0: one of those he's going to wake up in a hot sweat at like 1am <laughs> oh no it's this it, <laughs> it, it, it like 3-4 <laughs> pods later like I know I know I'm sorry I got that wrong
2: yeah, you're right it, you were right never, never
1: doubt yourself T Your Street's Disciple yeah. was a double album Yeah, it had yeah. Virgo on it that's how I know that's how I know he did a double album uh, I just really like the idea of like
0: one in the morning tea just wakes up his little boy like just to let you know I got that right, so just like you can go back to sleep now, but I was <laughs> right all along um, perfect all right well let's um, let's get into some listener questions. We only had we had two questions from from one listener, uh, Mr. Eric Roop, long-time listener of the pod, respectful sending this in some two really good questions here, so I'd love to get your input on this, boys. um Eric asks us. First question one: uh, Artists that, that you underestimated/slept on. So, in his examples, were Childish Gambino and Gary Clark Jr. Um, so, any any artist that you underestimated and slept on? Uh, let's start with you, Cal. Rick Ross. Uh, oh. Yeah,
2: Ricky Ross. When Ricky, I think what it was, it was it was kind of like the the teenager kind of fundamentalist in me was like he's a fucking prison officer. He shouldn't be a rapper. Like, you can't be <laughs> rapping about selling drugs for a fucking prison officer. Like, there was kind of like that in a teenage teenager in me that was just like, no, he's fucking fake. Fuck him. But then I just listened to him and you know grew up a bit and realized that most of these rappers are talking bollocks really that they've not done half the things they talk about and when you put that to bed you think you know what it's like jay-z says it is kind of just entertainment i actually really like ricky ross like and whenever he does a guest verse on something i'm just like yeah ricky ross because even though he like he he does like the same flow every time like his flow doesn't ever really change and he all he ever really raps about is how much money he's got and how much cocaine he sold um Ricky Ross was, like, the one that... Uh, initially, I was like, oh, fuck him, he's shit, but now I love him.
1: Fair. How about you, T? Um, I think Rick Ross is a pretty good show. I think the album that made me realise he's not that bad was Deeper Than Rap. Um, yeah, Rick Ross is definitely one. It's difficult to think of of many more within, within hip-hop, but... um the trying to think of the top of my head... Actually, um, Conway the Machine was someone I wasn't very keen on early doors, and and when um, Benny used to appear on albums, they would just be called Benny, so I never really knew anything about him. But Conway was someone I kind of underestimated. I saw a freestyle, I thought, you know, this guy's actually pretty good. And I kind of revisited him, and you know, yeah, I think probably Conway. So Griselda again. Yeah, f- why not? Why break from tradition, eh, mate? <laughs> no, no harm in it. Uh, for me,
0: it's quite a, quite a weird one. Really, is push T. So, I I liked clips. And again, like we were talking about bangers, grinding. uh, And also, um, what's that other track that um, clips have got a couple of bangers anyway? Yeah. um, When was the last time? That's what I'm thinking of. That was a fucking banger. Uh, I liked clips, but I just kind of saw them as what they were at that time, which was just like they made a couple of hits for the club and it was a lot of like Coke rap, drug dealer shit, him and Malice just bouncing off each other with nice Neptune's production mid to low tier. I don't really care about you. They fell off a cliff like I just you didn't I didn't hear anything about Clips or Pusha T. And then in the last few years Pusha T has like really brought himself as like a as a rapper in his own right and has really like elevated himself I'd say into that bracket of like pe- people wanna listen to him and respect him as a rapper. I mean, the guy's got fucking bars. And yeah, I just always underestimated. I just always thought he was like mid to lower tier level and nothing much more than that. And actually now I really rate him quite highly. So yeah, push your teeth for me. Second half of Eric's question. Artist that you immediately loved, but then grew to absolutely hate. I'll start with this really easy one. Nelly. E (laughs) I. What a banger, country grammar, what a banger. That that whole album was great. And I was like, fuck, this guy's great. Like maybe I do like Southern rap. Fuck, yes, I'm into it. Uh he got really shit really quickly, even by pretty much the third single. Uh I was like, ah oh, no shit, this guy's actually absolute trash. Um and then grew to absolutely despise him. Um it's probably scarred my enjoyment of Southern hip hop in a big way. Um, is Nelly. So that's an easy
1: one for me. How about how about you T? Oh, I mean, Kanye's, Kanye's probably an obvious one. Um, mm. The thing with Pusha T, actually, that you mentioned him, mean, he's someone I just never connected with, and I still don't. I understand that he's an amazing rapper, and I loved his, you know, his takedown of Drake, but never never quite got on with him. Never quite got on with him at all. I mean, to answer the question, is probably, probably is Kanye, because I felt that Kanye was growing as a rapper, but he's just completely fallen off a cliff, I think the verse he did on Gone just showed, you know, how I was grown as a rapper and then talking about bleaching assholes and all that crap, just garbage. No. It's an obvious answer, but it's got to be
0: him. Yeah, fair. That was my original answer, but I thought, actually, I'll, I'll leave off Kanye. I've already I've already been digging him out. so uh, already dead. Exactly. Leave him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's um, it's it's um, it's a tough one. I think the easy answer is is Eminem i think that's the easy mm. answer i think he did Marshall Mathers lp eminem show was cool, and then he just kind of just fell off a cliff really um i i don't i don't really want to pick on the south again i'm always kind of picking on the <laughs> south but you know there were there were kind of guys that like i liked two chains like he did the the verse on mercy you know he chain color of akon i was just like that's like the greatest fucking bar ever. Like <laughs> cool G Rap should go and fucking sweep his garden up for him. Like chain colour of Akon. I was just like, fuck. Like, but then you listen to like him do a do an album, then he's just like, oh fuck off, mate. You know? Um so that, yeah, I don't again don't want to pick on the South. Like the South. Um I liked actually, do you know what? I'm gonna pick on the South again. I like Little Wayne, I liked the Carter Free. I was um, going say that at all. The Car Free. Um But then we were talking about Lil Wayne the other day, wasn't we? And then I think I remember listening to The Car Four and I didn't like it. And then I listened to one of his dedication mixtapes. And all he to- all he was rapping about was getting ahead I just thought, you're shit. Like I just thought you are <laughs> actually
0: shit. He's just the one like I honestly. Go on. I, I've got a lot of opinions that are <laughs> like i'm more than happy to accept my opinion is, is not the opinion but yeah. i stick to it i genuinely just can't. i will never get it with little wayne i will never ever ever get it i think he's genuinely dog shit ru- rubbish like actively bad um and when people are like yeah but listen to these bars i'm like they're the shit they're like four-year-old writes and like Add us being snagging in. b da b in. Fuck off, mate. Like garbage. Like sh- dog shit. Um yeah. so I absolutely hate Little Wayne. I'll, ne- I'll never praise him. Uh, fuck that guy for life.
1: I've got one, I've got one. Um run the jewels. <laughs> yes. Um, we, we, we went. And what was uh, <laughs> massive, Go on, T. I was a massive company. <laughs> I was a massive company flow fan. Fun Crusher plus a store one of the best hip-hop albums ever made you know i like lp stuff um killer mike you know worked without cars had his own solo album for, it's called rap music but i just find ronda jewel so samey um you know you could almost probably smell their concerts looking at it on tv you know just full of people wearing acne's and not having a shower but, <laughs> yes um i you fucking beer wearing weirdos <laughs> I'm just i No Crow wallet nonsense. I'm, I'm just not I'm just not a fan and it's not it's not that I think Killer Mac and LPR are objectively bad because they're not. I just find the stuff a bit it's what it's just samey and I don't know, I like a bit of melody in my hip hop and there's just not much of a melody there. It's just like hard just industrial fucking hip hop and I just can't stomach too much of that. So yeah, they're... I think I loved the idea of them more than the reality, so that's probably my answer to the question. Running the jewels,
0: yeah, solid, solid question. Um, and th- thanks for that, Eric. Really good question. If you've got questions that you want to just like propose to us, just just tweet us. Just stick them over. Like we'll, we'll answer them and we'll get them in the mix. So yeah, feel free to do that. And if um, any crossovers boys.
1: are appreciated, by the ways, whether it be. The Office, Peep Show, Peaky Blinders, The Wire. Yeah. You know, any inventive questions like that, we're all over them.
0: Yeah. We'll answer any old shit as well. do not even have to be about hip-hop. If you just want to ask us some fucking horrible gr- bullshit, would you rather? We'll answer it. We're not we're not precious about that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah, keep an eye out for when we ask for questions. But proactively, feel free to get in touch. Um, boys, thanks a lot. Uh, it's been a good ep. I've enjoyed it. Uh, you've made me laugh during this difficult um, Panny D, Locky D, uh, times I've needed cheering up it's been, it's been shit so thanks for the, luck, the lols um, if people want to follow you on socials where can they get you T
1: um, Thelonious Filth on Twitter and Instagram don't really use anything else but those are the main two beautiful and Cal um, at BC
2: the Grand Slam everywhere
0: bang
1: and that's branding uh, if you want to follow
0: me at the real John Bass everywhere uh, if you want to follow this pod if you're not ready what you doing uh, at Notorious P underscore O underscore D um you can leave us fucking whatever review us if you want i don't care Uh, (laughs) thanks for listening (laughs) thanks for listening uh and as ever thanks for joining us and get ready for the next episode peace thank you for listening to the notorious pod a hip-hop podcast this was a hip-hop forum episode so a special thank you to cal and t for their insight as always Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show. So please follow him on Twitter and show him some love, at Music Grindhouse, and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D, house please remember to leave us a review or as we call it your 5 for 5 so give us a 5 star review and in return you can leave us your top 5 favourite MC's of all time remember we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist so if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints you will find it if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at P underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at The NotoriousPOD. And follow me on Insta and Twitter at The Real John Bass. That's J O N B A S S. See you next time. Peace. Peace.